You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Ryan Andrews of ChaseFromTheCouch.com, kicking off another week of Blue Jays Talk, and it's going to be a mixed bag today. I can tell you that right now. Um, we are going to get to some good. I promise that. We will spend the second half just talking about the positive things from that Houston series because there are some things that were very nice. I mean, if you watched that um that twelve nothing win that the Blue Jays had on Sunday, then yeah, obviously there's some positive things to take away from it. But there is one continuing storyline that we do need to discuss and it involves the starting pitching and I'm going to briefly touch on the kind of lesser actor in the weekend series is starting pitching blow up because um, like two out of three were bad for the Blue Jays and Clayton Richard um, the wheels are starting to come off a little bit already and like I I know Houston's got a good team, but Clayton Richard was not facing a good lineup, and he had success against the guys you think would be uh, the guys who would give him the most trouble. But Jordan Alvarez took him deep. Jack Mayfield, who I didn't know existed um, before that Saturday game, had a three for four day. Um. Yeah, Jack Mayfield, the 28-year-old rookie, <laughs> just comes up and just uh, it when you when you're allowing a guy to go three for four and raise his batting average to 132, that is terrible. Three doubles that day for Jack Mayfield, two of them off Clayton Richard, which is silliness. Um, but at least Clayton Richard, you know, it was expected that he wasn't going to be the best. 752 ERA sounds about right for Clayton Richard, given what we knew about him going into the season. So I'm not as angry, I guess, about that. Like I, I am about the primary topic for today, and that is Aaron Sanchez, because lately with Aaron Sanchez, it's been either he's good, but doesn't last nearly as long as he should, or he goes six innings and doesn't give this Blue Jays offense a chance to actually, like, perform and, and have a shot at winning. Houston managed to combine the worst of both worlds, which was just disgusting to watch. 
he he only lasted three innings, gave up six hits, eight runs. Like he walked three batters, gave up a pair of home runs to Bregman and Tony Kemp, which oh my. But it's just a continuing trend with Sanchez. He he does not seem to be able to put it together at all and and have any shade of what he was. And that sucks. But you know, we were we've been looking for comps for Aaron Sanchez all season. And the optimistic among us wanted to look at Outlighter and and see the finger issues and see someone who overcame them and was able to be a really good pitcher. And just the way Sanchez has been throwing lately, just the absolute loss of of plate direction, the the lack of faith in any of his offerings to actually generate outs. He's looking less like Al Leiter and more like another Blue Jays pitcher who burst onto the scene with an all-star campaign and then went off the rails when expected to maintain that kind of level of success. And yeah, you do not want to bring up the name Ricky Romero lightly, but just the way Aaron has been pitching, like, how can you not think about that? How can you not think about a guy who just completely went off the rails? It, and I, I, you think like it's a mental thing, like the, the fingers finally gotten into his brain and just completely sapped him of what made him a pitcher capable of winning an ERA title. And it's sad because you look like before he was thought of as the building block for the Blue Jays. He was the one who stayed. He was the one who was kept out of that trio of starting pitching gems that the Blue Jays supposedly had. And Aaron Sanchez has looked less like Noah Syndergaard and more like Justin Nicolino lately. Just his inability to throw strikes and keep the advantage when he's in the count. And then when he does try and come back with it, hitters know what's coming out of them and they can just sit on it and take it where they want to go. And I mean, what are you supposed to do with that? I mean, the Blue Jays had someone like that last year, and they moved him into the bullpen, and now Sam Gavilio is being figured out again, which is why he is no longer Sammy G here, because he is no longer smooth and no longer sweet. But it's it's just, it's a struggle to try and watch Aaron Sanchez pitch, especially for someone who had such faith in him to the point where I drafted him on like every fantasy baseball team I had. And I had people trying to trade for Aaron Sanchez. And I'm like, no, this is it. This is the return to four. I feel stabbed. I feel like I've been betrayed. And I, I, I'm so done 
watching Aaron Sanchez try and struggle like this. I know I shouldn't be taking results against the Houston team for what they are, but just there's no there's no path that I can see anymore. And I I've had this conversation a couple times lately. When does the Aaron Sanchez starter argument end and the Aaron Sanchez reliever argument begin? Because that's where he had success with those playoff teams as a reliever. And at this point, like, if the Blue Jays trade Ken Giles, who's to say that Aaron Sanchez doesn't go in the bullpen to replace him? Because he has very little value as a starter right now, the way he's pitching. And again, it's it makes it very difficult to try and watch and try and have any kind of feeling that if Sanchez is traded, that the Blue Jays will get value for him. Because he has been so bad. And that that's not even to say, like, like on that same day, Toronto faced another rookie who shut them out over three innings to get a save first appearance like I, I there are so many things wrong with this team Tim Meza facing five batters and walking four of them just gross he, he literally walked in a run and like I, I swear I swear the positivity is coming but we had to get this out because it was just it was too much too much on that Friday. So we will, we will change the tone. We will be positive after this, but, um, before we do just a reminder that now that the Raptors have won, uh, the NBA title, um, the NBA draft is the next big milestone there. And locked on is doing its NBA mock draft, which is underway. So, um, we got local experts coming in, weighing in on their team. Toronto doesn't have a first round pick. So look for that second round knowledge. Um, Jeremy Wu of SI.com is breaking down players. And Josh Lloyd of Locked On Fantasy Basketball is breaking it down fantasy wise. So subscribe to Locked On NBA if you want that kind of knowledge in your ear space. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so I did say I wanted to talk some positives, so let's talk some positives. Um, First of all, one positive to take away from Friday, if there was anything to take away from it, um, Derek Law pitch two scoreless innings and struck out four so that was good i i appreciated him laying down the law because someone from that blue jays pitching staff had to do that um during that game then continuing on the bullpen motif on saturday another scoreless outing for jordan romano who has really reinvented himself as a reliever Like, once he became the closer in Buffalo, he was just on fire, and he's continuing to do so in the major leagues. You you wonder if that taste of being on a major league roster that he got with Texas 
and and being a reliever in that role may have helped develop his mentality a little bit and has made him this option that now like you can seriously think of Romano as a late inning option for the Blue Jays the way he's been pitching which is exciting and does open up the Ken Giles trade a little more so that's a positive um I I guess we can go right into the offense because let's face it there wasn't a lot in the other two games for the Blue Jays this season or this series sorry well this season pretty accurate but yeah 12 nothing on Sunday seven runs off CNL Perez which I mean that was just fun but it's continuing what we've seen out of the young players that the Blue Jays need to see things from, especially the ones who went down to Buffalo and came back up. Both Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Teoscar Hernandez had two for four days with four RBIs. Exactly what you need to see out of hitters in the heart of the lineup. Teoscar had two home runs. Granted, one was off CNL Perez. The other was off his former teammate Tyler White, who just came in from first base to essentially pitch the ninth inning. But still, he he's hitting those. That's the main thing. Lourdes Gurriel just hitting everyone. He's now got the second best average, well, third best average after Trent Thornton and Eric Sogard on the team, which when he was sent down earlier this season... You would never have guessed that. You would never have thought that Lourdes would be out hitting Vlad from a batting average perspective or from a slugging perspective. Lourdes has a 546 slugging percentage right now. His OPS is leading the team. Just this complete turnaround from him and and seeing him like be comfortable in the outfield. It's it's such a relief considering how bad he looked at the start of the season. A turnaround like that is something that Blue Jays fans can hold on to and tangibly have faith in and and see as a part of the future. See as a part of the outfield picture for the Blue Jays because he infield's pretty much set right now. Because you have Vlad at third, Bo Bichette when he comes up at short, Kevin Biggio who had a two for five day uh, on Sunday and and was hitting pretty well in in his hometown. So that's a good sign. But he had a good se- series, so he's getting sat at second. And then Rowdy at first. Rowdy had that home run to set the tone on Sunday. And, you know, that was pretty concrete. But the outfield, there were so many other question marks. And if Lourdes can answer one of those questions with the kind of bat that has been shown off the past month, that is so huge for the Blue Jays to have that knowledge going forward. So that was a huge positive. And then, you know, basically everyone getting a hit aside from Danny Jansen, which, you know, a little bit of regression for Danny, but whatever. He has the time to figure it out. But the I would argue that the bigger story for the Blue Jays was they got a start. They got a quality start and they got a dominant start 
from Trent Thornton facing his former team for the first time and just shutting them down. Took 102 pitches. He got six and two-thirds scoreless innings against Houston. First scoreless outing he's had since facing Detroit, I believe, earlier in the season. But just so huge for him to go there in a tough environment. He got the emotions going. This is a team that did not want him, felt he could be cast aside for Alemis Diaz. And he went out there and just shut them down. I apologize. He also did that against Texas. Coincidentally, the last time the Blue Jays shut out a team, May 3rd, against Texas, that one nothing game where Trent Thornton pitched seven shutout innings. So I apologize for missing that. But, again, just a badly needed tonic for the crap. And, you know... This is a family-friendly podcast, so I try not to use those words. But, no, Blue Jays starters have been crap lately. So for Trent Thornton to go out there and be dominant, be the guy who, you know, Blue Jays fans can think of as potentially a third or fourth starter down the road. Like, Trent Thornton right now is one of the top war guys on the Blue Jays. Like, he's he's past Aaron Sanchez at this point. Trent Thornton, number three in war on the Blue Jays this season behind Marcus Stroman and Ken Giles. That essentially makes him the third all-star choice for the Blue Jays. And to get him for the price they did, for a spare infielder that they weren't planning on using, to get someone who's cost-controlled and is already showing the ability to eat innings which the Blue Jays need from their starters because, again, they haven't been getting it anywhere else aside from Stroman. And just to have that guy there who who has the the tools to be successful, the way Thornton mixes his pitches up is, is crucial to his success. And he has so many pitches that he can keep hitters guessing and not fall into that, that predictable trap that we've seen from guys like Clayton Richard and like Aaron Sanchez. So the fact that he can do that, and, and again, he's a rookie, so he's going to get better. He's going to keep learning, hopefully. And if he can do that, then again, that is a piece that Blue Jays fans can hold on to alongside that infield, alongside Lourdes Gurriel Jr. And just just take that with them in these seasons that are going to be akin to walking through winter over and over. And just that, that was beautiful. Like the 12 runs, great. You pounded CNL Perez into the dust. But seeing Trent Thornton go out there and do that, finally looking at that battered Houston lineup and treating it the way it should have been treated with contempt and just shutting it down. That was beautiful. That is what I want to see from him. And if the Blue Jays can get some younger pitchers up there, that's what I want to see from them. I, I'm i not expecting that from Edwin Jackson. I'm not expecting that from Clayton Richards. But to see Trent Thornton go out there and do that, that, that is what gives me hope. That is a beautiful thing. So that is that is the main positive I wanted to take from that. On this Monday edition of the podcast. Um, yeah, if, if you want more 
positive yelling like that. Um, follow me on Twitter at neoac18. That's neoac18. Um, follow the podcast at Locked On Jays on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you're doing that. Um, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. You can do that on Himalaya, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, I guess, um, wherever you want to do that. And just a reminder that you can listen to it when driving from work or around town, whatever you'd want to do. Just tell your smart device to play Locked on Jays, and it will do that and be there for you while driving and usually end while you're driving. So, you know, convenient, self-contained, probably not this episode. Um, but yeah, um, that, um, that pretty much brings us to the end of this. Um, I'm going to have a couple podcasts this week. I'm, I also should be on Jay's Run Casual Radio again. So if you want to check that out, um, we'll hopefully be a little different, you know, with the wins to talk about and for other reasons. But anyway, until then, and until tomorrow, um, for everyone at the Lockdown Podcast Network and everyone at jaysfromthecouch.com, I am still for the moment, Ryan Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode and y'all take care.